podcast the bonus show end of the season has been and gone but we can't wait for the start of the season so we thought what can we do and inspired by a contributor andy from the bang bang podcast which is a wrestling podcast check it out uh he basically gets his guests to come on and pick old pay-per-views so like wrestlemania and all that sort of stuff and he goes through the top 10 from that week in which uh, that pay-per-view was on. So basically, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to invite a guest on, and we are going to talk about a game of their choice, so memorable matches over the years, any game, any era, and then we'll talk about the top 10 from that weekend. So first episode, Matt is with me as always, as it's the bonus show. Matt, how are you, sir? I'm all right, thank you, Patch. Yeah, uh, or it would be if I could get me uh, equipment working, so to speak, for now, for oh. now. <laughs> In the end, um, bingo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, other than that mate, not too bad. It's actually a big day for us. It's uh, it's the seven year birthday of Three Peeps in a Podcast. Wow. It is, yeah. yeah. Is that Congrat- dog years? Congratulations! It, or... No, it's not. It's, uh, it's actual years, actual years. So yeah, started 2015. So uh, seven years on, we're still going strong. And with us, as you can hear, is Jerry Tocknell. Jerry, how are you, sir? I'm very well, my friend. You? I'm not bad at all. Jerry has picked a cracker of a game for us. Um, I was expecting something obscure from Jerry, and I wasn't disappointed. When he said <laughs> Mansfield away, I was expecting the 5-4 game. But no, it's from the 27th of March, 1984. And Jerry, you'll be pleased to know that was my third birthday. Really? I feel really old now. <laughs> as you know, I was actually there because I sent you a picture of my coach ticket from nearly 40 years ago. Absolutely incredible uh, that you've kept that, and that is commitment to the cause. But uh, it's a great, it's a great game nonetheless. Obviously, 1982, we we all know what happened uh, to Bristol City there, and this was in Division Four, which at the time, Jerry, was called the Photocopier Cannon League or something. League. You were telling me the can- yeah, the Cannon League. Wow, Cannon That's- League Division Four. So the, the fourth tier of English football. Um, and in this season, it saw us promoted to the third tier. Um, so tell us a bit about the game, Jerry, and why why you picked it. Well, it's, it's just one of those games. You know, when you look back through, through your, your City career and as a fan, and, and it's just one that sticks out for loads of reasons. And as I mentioned to you off, off air, off, off camera, like, it was... I've got to go 80s because somebody said to me, why don't you pick Man United? I wouldn't have a clue what any of the songs are in the top 10 in 20, <laughs> 2017. I'm not going to lie. So when I, I thought what I'd do is I'd pick a few games and then look at the top 10. And I thought these two go together um, because obviously I, I was I was a teenager then, believe it or not. Um, but we Mansfield did. Away was a Tuesday night. It was a rearranged game. I think it was originally scheduled for the 14th of January, but January... It was postponed and it was rearranged for the um, 27th of March. Um, but what what we obviously four teams went up. This was pre-playoffs. So we we actually got promoted that year with Reading, York and Aldershot. And, and the, the the unfortunately, the Reading away game is infamous because uh, our fans caused a lot of problems on the day back at, back at Elm Park. But. We were we played more games than everyone else due to the fact that our last home game of the season was scheduled to be against Rochdale, but the, uh, Ashton Gate was being used for a Billy Graham concert on that day. So wow, that was be, that was before the days of um, 
you all kicked off at the same time on the last game of the season. So right. the Rochdale game was actually played two weeks before the Mansfield game on Tuesday the 13th, and we drew one all. And at the time, we played like 38 games, and everyone else like played 36. So mathematically, all the teams below us could have over. There were lots of teams below us that could have overtaken that stopped us getting promotion. So the Mansfield rearranged game was massive. It was really big, big game. I mean, put it in perspective when I say massive, I think the crowd was 1,800 and something. I'm not exactly sure. But we were the top supported side in the fourth tier that season with, I think the, uh, the attendances were, I think 6,915 was the average attendance for us at the time of, of that game. So it was a big game, not like it would be now, but at the time it was it was huge because obviously this is our second season in, in the bottom tier mm. and we, we desperately need to go out. Um, but... It, it, it just it sticks in my memory for loads of reasons. I, it was back in the day where we used to get picked up by um, Z Cars coaches in them days at Junction 13 because I lived in Slimbridge. So we used to get picked up. And I remember we were waiting on the motorway bridge. Beryl's, we'd have mobile phones. We just had to time 45 minutes from the time the coaches were leaving Ashton Gate to get picked up at Junction 13 and just hope that Beryl, of course, who never did forget us because Beryl didn't forget anybody, <laughs> um, picked us up. But I remember we were travelling up to, to Field Mill uh, it was at the time of the miners' strike as well, you know that mm. sort of time. Um, so obviously Mansfield being in in the in the heartland of, of the of the pits, it was it was you know um, it was a few ill um, ill conceived chants with we've got loads of money types in those days. You know right. what it was like when we were non PC. But what the thing one thing that reminded me of this game was. We were going up on the coach and, and we had like the radio on and they used to do the chart show on a Tuesday night. So we were driving up and we, me and my mates were looking at the, uh, no mobiles, as I said, we were looking at the paper, trying to pick a horse to win the Grand National. And I wasn't a, bet, a betting man at all in those days. And they were playing the top countdown and uh, the number one single. Can I mention what the number one single was? Or am I letting it out of the bag? Or, uh, no spoilers, Jerry. no spoilers. We'll, no, come, we'll, we'll come to the songs in a bit. There's a link. There's a link to the... So the number one single was played and there was a horse running in the Grand National the following Saturday with that word right. in the title. So me and my mates, like, we put like about five or each on, which in 1984 was a lot of money compared to what it is now. And it was the first, and the horse then subsequently won on the Saturday, won us quite a bit of money. Oh, wow. And I remember getting off the coach at Field Mill. It was wet because there were puddles everywhere. And I remember walking towards the away end um, and picking up a tenner out of a puddle as well on the way to the game. <laughs> so it's sort of with all that sort of thing, just remind. And obviously we won the game as well, which was was huge. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's amazing yeah. what makes uh, what makes an away day, Matt, isn't it? Oh my God, his memory recall is unbelievable, isn't it? Remembering <laughs> that he picked a tenner up out of a puddle. In, but yeah, it is. I mean, that's 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 part of it. That's why I, I in particular love going away, probably more so than at home from a. An atmosphere and the, and the day out, yeah, isn't it? Um, absolutely. But yeah, brilliant in terms of the the horse racing as well. Let's test your knowledge then, Jerry, a little bit more. You've 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 accurately said the attendance within twenty eight, so that's one thousand eight hundred and twenty eight. Um, okay. Let's see how many of the starting lineup you can pull out the bag. Well, got John Shaw. Tick. Obviously, Rob Newman because he scored. Yeah. Forbes students and masters, uh, yeah. legend. That's one of the, um, we did it. We did a poll a while back um, on the Twitter at three p i a p c with uh, asking for obscure city players' names from the years gone by, 
and then picked our four favorite ones. People then voted, and the winner was Forbes Phyllis and Masters. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I Brilliant remember him scoring a home game, a home game on a bank holiday Monday against Darlington when we drew two two with one of his goals. I don't know how many he scored, to be fair. But I, I'm pretty sure, based on the fact that uh, that uh, Trevor Morgan scored the winner when we got promoted at Chester, he would have played that night. Yep. So let me think. Uh, you got to go for Paul Stevens, probably fullback. Uh, yep. Tom Ritchie. Yep. I'll help Bruce you Halliday. out. Bruce, Bruce Halliday. Halliday. Yep. So okay, we've got John Shaw, Paul Stevens, Rob Newman, Bruce Halliday, Forbes Phyllis and Masters, Ken Stroud. Kenny Stroud, yeah. Kenny yeah. Stroud. What about Glenn Riley? Is he signed for us by then? Yep, Glenn Riley. Howard Pritchard. Uh, Pritchard, yeah, of course, the coach driver. <laughs> what's, what's the story behind that? Well, he, he went on to become a coach driver. He uh, might right. still be one. That's what you might have said. He was saying he was driving your supporters coach or something. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm not. I remember it was Zed Cars of Bristol. I don't think they exist anymore. Free Peter Carroll. But um, yeah, I... I I do remember. I do remember. He went on to become a coach driver. Yeah, Howard Pritchard, Tom Ritchie, Glim Riley, Trevor Morgan, and Martin Hurst. Oh, the legend that scored the goal against the gas. Well, the goal against the gas. Yeah, yeah. That that was a brilliant season because I remember we played a team called Corinthian Casuals away in the FA Cup and beat them four 0 in the replay. Blame. And then we went down the Eastville to beat the gas two one with um, Martin Hurst scoring the winner. Who scored for them? Archie Stevens. I don't take any notice of them, to be honest. No. <laughs> I remember oh, well, we I lost remember. to Oxford in the League Cup because it was two legs. We drew, I think, at the Manor Ground and then lost at home 1-0 in the second leg. The Manor Ground. Did you ever have the privilege, Patrick, going to the Manor Ground? No, I didn't. Oh, delightful. But yeah, I remember we went to York and... away just before that as well. I remember the Rochdale game because we drew one all, and that was the game that was brought forward. And one thing I always remember about that was when it was the first, it was a shirt sponsorship was quite new then because we were sponsored, if I'm not wrong, by High Right, I would have thought in them days. Well, we had a discussion on this, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. So, so Jerry, we were trying to think of a first, yeah, test, test Jerry patch. Yeah, the first ever Bristol City shirt sponsor. Is that before High Right? Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I'll have to pass on that one. I'll phone a friend. Matt, do you want to tell him? Park Furnishers. Uh, when that, when it, wasn't that down somebody's collar as a yeah. company? That, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I thought like you, it was higher, right? But um, we, were, we were put right. Was it Tim? Scott Davidson, actually, I think. Oh, just Scott came. Yeah. Well, he's even but... older than us, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure one of the guys in the WhatsApp group said it as well. And if you look back at some of the footage, um, yeah, and it's Scott, it's in the, the players' archives as well. You can yeah. see there's a particularly good photo, I think, of um, yeah. either Jerry Sweeney or Trevor Tankton, isn't it? Or Jimmy yeah, Mann. Jimmy Mann. One of those three. Yeah, Is it? Jimmy yeah. Mann, yeah. But yeah, so, so, so the the game itself, then Jerry, what can you tell us about the actual the match? Because I wasn't was there. I don't think it was cold. It was wet, and Rob Newman scored. I remember okay. that, and we were under the cosh, to be honest, um, quite a bit of the time. But um, I remember Rob Newman scored. I, I think you mentioned the time, but I know it was it just after half time yeah, down 56th our end. Sixth minute. Um, yeah. The, the the report I found says Newman clips a curling right foot free kick round Mansfield's wall to clinch a city victory, far yeah. more emphatic than he scored than the score suggests. 
Um, and it says re-election threatened Mansfield look the poorest Did- side city of face this season. But sure, I think Kevin Hitchcock was in goal for Mansfield. He went on to play for Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Okay, yeah. I haven't got the uh, opposing. And lineup. I think I think Dave Coldwell was playing for them as well. And we signed him after that about because I remember he scored the winner in the FA Cup against Aylesbury United when we beat them one 0 a few years later. And I'm sure that's the same Dave Coldwell. I think he was a Lancastrian. I think he might have been from Bolton or Manchester, up that way somewhere. But I remember Kevin Hitchcock was in goal because he was in goal for him. I'm pretty sure where they beat us on penalties at Wembley in um, 87. What was the name of the lad up front? Would he have been playing then? Keith? What? Um, Keith, what? Uh, not Keith um, Car- Carradine, something like that, wasn't it? No. Um, I Mansfield? Mean, um, no, I can't. No, I'm not sure, to be honest. I remember... I do, I do remember that season. It's one of my favourite seasons of all time, to be honest, apart from, obviously, the Reading game. Um, but we beat... Because we, we were finishing over the bank, May Bank holiday weekend, and we had Chester away on the Monday. I think the crowd was 3,900. I remember there were bu- old Bristol buses going up, and there was literally Chester. It was at Sealand Road, and the away end that had bushes on it. It was literally overgrown. And Chester put all their fans on the one side, and they let us have the rest of the ground. And I remember we got there and there were literally buses with barrels of cider on turning up with all the city fans hanging out the window. And Rushy you know, wasn't playing for Chester then, was he? Who was that? No. Yeah, Rush wasn't playing for them then. No, I think somebody called, somebody Brett scored for them. And about eight, it was what we needed to win because as I say, we were playing our last game and we needed to win to go up. And I remember we scored and then they equalised in the 81st minute and then they had one sent off. And then um, Trevor Morgan scored literally three minutes from the end. And we won the 87th minute winner. And we were all on the pitch. Um, I remember I got like, grabbed a great big load of turf off the pitch and I put it in a margarine tub when I got home. And I watered it profusely for like weeks and weeks and weeks. I was actually gutted when it died. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. A few, uh, a, few stat- a few statistics for you for that season um, then. So... That was Rob Newman's only goal that season, in fact, it turns really? out. Yeah. And Crawford scored a few, didn't he? Yeah. So Crawford got 16 that season. Um, Howard Pritchard, 13. Glim Riley, 18, top goal scorer. And Tom Ritchie, 15. Uh, so, yeah. Decent, decent spread of goals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Decent spread of goals. Uh, highest appearances goes to Howard Pritchard, I think, on 54. So, I remember um, when we beat Stockport at home on Boxing Day and the crowd was 8,888. So that's just a random bit of trivia that I can remember. Sticks, <laughs> sticks in your mind, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so it was um, yeah, a, a cracking choice there, Jerry, in, ter- in terms of the... Because uh, when we when you came on the podcast um, well, last season, whenever it was, I remember you talking to us about... We, we asked you, like, what your favourite away game? And I think you picked something like... Um, beginning with B. Boston. Boston. United Boston. Boston yeah. United, yeah. But that's, so, uh, that's me. Anyone that knows me knows I would rather go to a game when there's like a couple of hundred city fans. Obviously, as SLO, I want as more fans as possible to go away and cheer the team. But I, I do like those obscure away games. I'm looking forward to Burnley on a Tuesday night or something like that <laughs> next season. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Right. You can guarantee it, Jack, can't you? Yeah, yeah, guarantee it. But I mean, that season was really memorable because we had literally hit rock bottom the season before. I remember we lost one nil at Rochdale just before Christmas and went bottom of the 92 when Terry Cooper scored an own goal. And obviously that was, the, we started on the way back that season. 
And then obviously we went on to to get promoted and then we did all right. We got to the two Wembley finals and then at the end of the eight is we got to the League Cup semi-final when we lost to Forest. It was sort of the, the launch season for, for a recovery, to be honest. Yeah, because we, we've spoken about this before where City obviously went down through the leagues at a rapid yeah. pace, um, season on season, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, yeah. all the way First down team, to, yeah. to the fourth tier. And yeah, as you say, this is this is the the, the rejuvenation, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was, and, and I mean, you know, I, we we played Halifax Town in that that season. I mean, we don't played them since, I don't think. And you, you know, you you think that we were promoted with York, Aldershot, and Reading. Okay, Reading is still with us. York and Aldershot. I mean, York only just got promoted from the National League North this season. So, you know, when you look at those old games and it's like it's crazy i think i, I watch a lot of anorama football on, on bt sport because uh, my mates take the mickey at me because i'd rather watch wrexham against grimsby in the vanorama than the champions league final to be honest <laughs> that if, if you know me if you do you know i i'm not joking yeah, yeah. like i think there's, I think there's 14 of the 24 sides in the vanorama national league next season are ex-football league clubs right bloody hell yeah, I'm just looking through the fixtures now. So older shot, obviously they were around for a little bit. And yeah, he got promoted. That, that, yeah. that was a ground to go to as well, wasn't it? Was it the racecourse ground? The, the shot? wreck. The wreck. The wreck. Ground. You used to go through a park, didn't you? You walked through like a, they have yeah. a bowling green or something like that in front yeah, of it. And you walked down between the trees to the away yeah. end. You could never go to the club shop because it was inside the stadium in the home end and they wouldn't let the away fans go around there. Yeah. Corinthian casuals in the FA Cup, they took us to a replay. At home. Yeah, we lost. We drew nil nil up in London, and then we beat them four nil at home on a Wednesday night. Why? Which was a real novelty because we never used to play Wednesdays ever. It was always Tuesdays. Awesome. And then we played Rovers away, didn't we, in the second round and won two one. Um, two one. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Matt, I mean, how how old were you in in uh, on Jan, uh, March the twenty seventh, nineteen eighty four, Matt? Like thirty. I would have been <laughs> yeah thirteen. Um, okay. And what I what I remember most about that season was the the Chester victory, but I wasn't there. As I said, I was 13 at the time, but we'd gone to Weymouth for a day trip. And that weekend was the weekend that um, Steve Davis beat Jimmy White in the snooker. Oh, right, okay. um, and I always remember being sat in a pub and I was the only one cheering Jimmy, uh, sorry, Steve Davis on. Um, Cause I, I like the ginger nugget. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, and, and, and like I said, I was, I was 13. My dad sort of used to take me to certain games in uh, the home games we used to go to, but not, not too many of the away games. But yeah, some it was of my the, first the grand... season going away, to be honest. Matt. Was it? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I remember we we went to um, FA Cup third round. We drew Notts County um, away, who were in the top division then. I think we yeah. drew. We, did up, we draw? Um, we yeah. Drew 2 2 up there, and then we lost 2 0 at home in the replay. Now, I can remember that being on the news because of the fact that where we were in the league and where they were in the league. Yeah. So it was like a big story at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Crikey. Love it. Right. Let's park the football um, and move on to music. So it's interesting that when I gave Jerry the brief, he actually picked the game based on the music. So I'm sure there's some, <laughs> some stories to tell here. So at number 10 was this track. It's Cool and the Gang, Joanna. I so any, loves you, as they say in Bristol. <laughs> yeah, any, yeah, he loves any you. Call, any call in the gang stories for us, anyone? No, not no, not really, but they were they were underrated. Underrated. Okay, right. Well, this isn't our favourite Depeche Mode song, as we know, singing Obviously. it all the way home from Stoke. Um, <laughs> but uh, this was the entrance for them at number nine this weekend. Cracking. <laughs> it's pe- People Are People. 
Depeche Mode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a shame it's not. Um, I just can't get enough because that would have been yeah. absolutely fantastic. We'll have to we'll have to find which weekend that was in the top which, 10. Yeah, which weekend and which game, yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, number eight was uh this one. That's Street Dance by Break Machine. Well, that's one I can't really remember, to be honest. Yeah. No, I can't I can't remember that. Yeah. Seven. The Welsh Elvis, as I used to call him. Yeah. I love a love worth waiting for. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh next one is what song? Your love is King Shadow. What a song. She goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder where that was going. Um, yeah. I did as well. <laughs> I can, no, just just that she was a very um, yeah record selling yeah. artist. Yeah. Having having been lucky enough to share many an away trip with Matt, I can just imagine Matt singing all the way down the motorway to that track. Yeah, I do quite like Shardy. I can imagine favorites. singing all the way to the number two song that week as well when it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Right, uh, <laughs> moving on. Number five. So what do I do by Phil Fearon? Phil Fearon, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Galaxy. Never heard of him, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah, they, had, they had a much big... What was a much bigger hit they had, um, Phil Fearon? Right, now we're getting into the top four. So in fourth place was... What's your club? Again, not one of their most popular tracks, to my knowledge, anyway, but uh, no. a good song nonetheless. But here we go. Uh, number three... Two of them from Bristol, I believe. Bananarama. Marvellous. Bananarama. Yeah. You must have had a teen crush on Bananarama, Matt. <laughs> Do you know, I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um... Oh, it was a Lulu more your era, was it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dion Warwick, yeah. Uh, no, Matt had a crush on the Weather Girls, number two. Oh, uh, what a tune. <laughs> you can just imagine what a state I was. Brilliant. Great no, video nice. as well, that one. The, the video. video to the number one song is one of the legendary videos of all time. You know, plasticine and everything. I can't. Oh, sledgehammer them. No, no. Hang on. Let, no, wait. Let's see if Matt can identify it within. Uh, this is like, give he us a clue. Will, where they... Name that tune in. Well, then. Name, yeah, yeah, that's it. Name that tune in. What was he it? Two. Will, definitely. Here we go. Number one. Oh, yeah. Lionel Richie Ho. Get in. Yeah. There we are. And like I was saying about the horse, the horse <laughs> that won the Grand National was called Hello Dandy. Right. So we were sat on that couch bed in Mansfield and we were looking at all the runners in the Grand National and we, we, we decided that we'd put some money on Hello Dandy and it won. Sculptor in She was blind, wasn't she? She was blind and he, yeah. he looked like the, the teacher and uh, yeah, a bit of a strange one. But um, yeah, I prefer the uh, the Luther Van Dross version patch. So well, who's the original? Lionel Richie. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, it's a cover, Matt. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, no, he, did, he, did a, he always used to do a cover, but his album Songs was a, a, an album of covers. Oh, um, uh, okay, okay. When he did off. Endless Love and stuff, but yeah. Well, but no, off. but that was classic. In fact, that felt, it might only have been two weeks, but it felt, when, as a 13-year-old, like that was number one for weeks and weeks. Hello. Yeah. I think it was, to be fair. It was definitely yeah. in the charts for ages. Yeah. Brilliant. And I remember Top of the Pops, he used to wear some amazing shirts, the sort of shirts that, that we'd wear now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, he was due to play the amphitheatre, wasn't he, during COVID, I think. That's right, from yeah. Remember, I, mean, I don't I, know if I, that's still that. on and he's coming back, but... I mean, he was with the Commodores before. I remember Commodores, when he yeah. three times a lady. That was a huge hit for the Commodores, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, yeah, we've, was, so um... we've, we've covered your game. We've covered the top 10. Um, Jerry, I just, I'd need to know what entertains Jerry in the close season because we're really struggling. <laughs> 
Oh, it's dreadful. I, it, it's dreadful, isn't it? Absolutely. I chatted to Scott Murray about this the other day. It's literally, you know, we work six days a week for like nine months of the year, sort of really flat out. And then it's like all of a sudden it's sort of um, not so much stopped because initially you were still doing the season cards and everything. And by the way, fair play to our fan base. I've got to applaud them. To go through 13,000 season tickets by this stage in the in the uh, season card campaign is fantastic. Mm. How does that um, compare to last season, Joe? Uh, it's up. Is it? It, it? It's definitely up. I think I think it's up between five and seven hundred on this time last year. I just think it's a testament to our fan base. I just think we're quite a loyal fan base, to be honest. I mean, we all have a yeah. bone and we all have a whinge, and, and I hear it's more than most, I would suggest. But it's our team. It's our club. Yeah. I think my, my theory on that is that last season, with people not going the season before they all sort of found something different to be doing on a weekend or they got into a different routine and they they've been buying tickets you know ad hoc but now a lot of them i know a few i know a fair few like this actually they missed it so much having the season ticket that they said right this season we're getting one and it was an improvement on the season before so that's my theory but as you say jerry lion's share of it is because we have got a loyal fan base yeah, I could be. I mean, I, I one thing one thing we did as a club, and I put my SLO hat on a little bit more now, is we sent out a survey to supporters that hadn't renewed, um, and I they for obvious reasons they asked me to contact them. We we said, will you renew? Some said we're undecided. Some said yes, but I haven't got round to it. And some said no, and they put down their reasons. And I I literally, you know, it, it's the best. It's, it's good. It's good policy to to contact these people. We don't just do the survey and ignore them. And I actually rang. I would suggest more than 50% of them um, to ask the reasons as to why they weren't renewing. Um, and I was quite surprised, to be honest. You're always going to get up 50% that are saying because of the team performance. I, I don't care which football league club you are, you would always get that. Of course you but would. It, you, you had, obviously, I thought second would be... Um, the, the, the financial climate that we're in at the moment. Yeah, because of the, it the wasn't, energy. It wasn't. Yeah. Parking and transport was was huge, especially with the older generation. I had a lot of older supporters that said if we had parking nearer, et cetera, et cetera, they would renew because they can't walk very far. They don't want to come down too early in the winter because it's too cold. And by the time they come down, there isn't anywhere to park. And it's not really anyone's fault, to be honest. Um, no, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because although you've got the, excuse me, both park and road options, you are still having to queue up and, and wait around a bit. And as you say, on a, on a cold, dark Tuesday night in the rain, no one wants to do that, do they? So, yeah. No, it, it was quite interesting. And I, I, and I think, you know, I, I managed to chat to a few and who, who renewed. And uh, and I think uh, even though we put stuff on the FAQs and we, we, we don't hide met people that don't realize the value of a season ticket still now is incredible loads of people don't realize that you can if, if the under 12 season cards are absolutely no-brainer you pay 55 quid in the south stand and you get 40 quid free shirts yeah. as part of the package so you're paying 15 pound for 23 yep. games and also a lot of people don't realize that if you buy that charge shirt and it's a tuesday night game and the kids have got school or whatever you can upgrade that ticket and bring your dad with you or another mm. adult or an under 19 People don't realise the benefits where you can move three times a season. How'd you, you go about that? Want... How'd you go about that, Jerry? If I if you I've got a kids' ticket and I want to upgrade it on a Tuesday night, you literally ring support services. The way it works, and it is confusing to some people, is you don't pay the difference between the under twelve ticket and the adult ticket. 
what you do is you so say you you've got a 99 pound um uh uh, uh 12 ticket in the Lansdowne lower what you do is you pay you buy an adult ticket and you get the pro rata price that the, the under 20 under 12 paid per game so you get like four or five pounds off the ticket right. and you can upgrade it and also i spoke to one guy who, who um towards the end of last season was not going to renew and he said that it's because he's get he's got dodgy knees and the dolman's not got as much leg room and a lot of people then i said to him well why don't you go over for the shepherd united game try the lansdowne i can do your seat move people don't realize that three times a season free of charge you can move your seat so right. you can go and the reason we do that is because if if you if if, if christmas say boxing day you've got a uh, bloke my age with his wife and his son comes home from university for Christmas. He wants to come down and sit with with a uh, husband and wife with his mum and dad at a game. We would let the mum and dad move to a different stand and then they'd be able to do a free seat move and then buy the ticket next to them so they can all sit together. All and right. it's little things like that that people don't realise that there are, there's a lot of added value. And, it, and it, you know what you know what it's like, the, the priorities for away games, like Bournemouth away, guys like yourselves, um, would would go to would would be entitled to a game. You know that was another thing I think, with, which is credit to Richard Gould when he came in. One thing he wanted us to do was to implement a fair system for away tickets. And yeah. I mean, you boys go away. You know, I didn't. I, I think the only thing I didn't. I had one person complain about the way we did the Bournemouth tickets because she promised her her grandson that to take him to Bournemouth away, and yeah. she hadn't been to any other away game, so she didn't get one, and she got quite upset about it. And we had to agree to disagree on the process. She didn't agree with the way we were doing it. But you talked to 99% of the fan base and everyone thought that, you know, if you've been to six away games or more, you've got a ticket for Bournemouth is the fair way to do it. I mean, 100%. I don't know what your boys think. Yeah, 100%. We, I mean, we, we were talking about it beforehand as to how it would be done. And then when, when it kind of got confirmed... Um, and it, all right, maybe it's easy to say 100% for me because of, of going to the games I, I do. You know, I, I then qualified for it, but... You know, you, you've got to do something that rewards those that do travel to the games they do. And, mm. um, you know, you, I think there was even talk about um, the fans that went to the Barnsley game, you know, because there was, I don't know how many it was, 100 odd fans or whatever it was. Um, you know, should they be given something different? And and I think that that loyalty does have to be rewarded. And, um, you know, when, when you get these, well, it's not even... It shouldn't really be a smaller ground now they're in the Prem, but you get these smaller grounds. How else do you do it, Joe? You've got to find a way that is fair enough to the, the majority of supporters, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I definitely think so. And I think also um, you, you you do have to reward season ticket holders a lot. A couple of people mentioned that there are several people that go to away games that don't go to home games based on their ge geography. So, yeah. you know, you could they could live in Manchester and go to eight away games. Like they go to all the Lancashire games and Yorkshire games and Middlesbrough, etc. But they don't come to home games. And are we penalising them? Because should we not do it on the amount of away games being to? We, we did, but it was away games being to by season ticket holders. Right, yeah. You know, and I mean, Richard is very keen to to expand the season ticket database to to that. That's one. You know, we want to get more and more season ticket holders. You know, and and you have to do little things like that because every every little box that you can tick for a season ticket holder adds value to the season ticket. Of yeah, of course it does. I mean, how successful was the whole? ticket promotion the upper landscape was absolutely packed the atmosphere was brilliant it was a perfect day wasn't it we won yeah. five nil andy scored that that rude goal 
it was just a great day. The upper land zone, it was, it was absolutely fantastic to see. You know, we had over 20, I think you'll find it would have, it was our biggest um, home support of the season. And it would have been our biggest crowd had Hull sold their yep. full allocation. Now, you know, you could argue the toss there. People will turn around to me and say, well, look what you do when you reduce the prices. But yeah. I mean, you know, it, you've got to be realistic about it. But Richard is very keen on filling the stadium. He's, he's like, you know, we've we've already discussed things for next season. Obviously, th- that'll all come out. The fixtures come out. We can sit down and look at stuff. But Richard is very keen to... What we need to do is we need to get into the community. I've been doing some stadium tours for for um, a, a gentleman called Mo Dollar, who you may well know. He, he, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Mo, he, he's from the... Um, Tottenham Mosque and I did some stadium tours with the kids there's communities out there that we can get into and these guys are loving it I, we, we gave some tickets to the mosque for the West Bromwich game and I was chatting to one of the guys when he came down um, and the perception he had of coming to football was totally wrong now he's broken his his duck if you like now he's mm. been to a game it, his, it isn't what he thought it would be he loved it he bought some tickets for the Peterborough game he bought four tickets for Peter Ramley, but eight of them came down to the whole game. I think we need to tap into these communities. Um, you know, we got, you know, and you know, we have got. If we were, if we were selling the stadium at every week, then you've got. It's a different argument, isn't it? But when you're not going to sell the stadium at every week, I think it's a really good thing that we're doing. And, and my colleagues in the foundation do a lot of good work on on that side as well. As a paying fan, and I don't know, Patch, if you if you'd agree, but as a, a paying fan, you, you buys your seat. I would much rather sit in a stadium that is full up and if that's with kids or from from families who you know are, are less privileged than, than myself um you know to get fans into the stadium create the atmosphere bigger crowd i'd much rather that than have empty seats in there i think mm-hmm. it just you know and it's given an opportunity to people that, that wouldn't have that opportunity and opening eyes as well joe like you're saying you know this this gentleman had a perception, which lots of people will have, getting down in there and seeing just how well run an operation it is, especially at home, um, can only be a good thing. Yeah, and I think some of, yeah, as you've said, some of what Richard um, is looking to do is just fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and these these kids that came down, and it was girls and girls, yeah. lads. I mean, they, they all tended to be Liverpool fans because obviously Mo Salah is like a... Um, an idol for for, yeah. for the Muslim community, obviously, because because of who he is. Yeah. And um, but yeah, they can all support Liverpool. But I mean, they live in Tottenham. They live in Knoll. They're like it's in our heartland. And I'm not exaggerating. And they actually love the experience of coming to the stadium. They uh, they love the experience of um, coming to the games. You know, and and as I say, they have been back. You know, yeah. it's you know, we we did some, we gave some tickets to. Um, I got contacted by a, a team from the Forest of Dean, a, a youth team from Lydney Town, um, a massive area where there's no football league teams. You could argue Cheltenham's just up the road, etc. But they they came, they brought two coach loads down to a game, oh, yeah. and they absolutely loved it. And they were buzzing. They went back, and I didn't get a phone call from Cinder for Town, who they played the following day, to say, oh, how, how do we, how, how can you arrange it for us? So it's like, you know. <laughs> It, 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 that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, fantastic. And it's got to be slow, softly, softly catch a monkey as well. You can't, you can't. It won't happen overnight. And that's what Richard is trying to invest in. We're trying to, we're trying to, turn, trying to build um, new fans because that's the only way we yeah. can, you know. That's the only way you can sustain it, isn't it? You know, you've got to keep getting those new fans in. Um, absolutely. So we, we started, wouldn't it? So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and you mentioned Mo Dola there. Shout out to his boys sports sport boy YouTube channel if you like um YouTube channels and he's done a lot of city games and uh, also a few Liverpool games. So check that one out. Um right, we're gonna leave it there. This is this is intended to be a short, sharp episode, and I think we've achieved that. And a little bit of music, a little bit of um old school football. When we talk about old school football, Matt, your thoughts on the new shirt that was announced today. That's a lovely segue in there, son. You've done very well there. Thank you. Um, I, I really like it. I mean, I, I've, I've subsequently then seen tweets saying, oh, it looks like a Rotherham shirt. And um, I thought the actual reveal and the link from a history point of view was brilliant. Yeah, world, um, world class vlogging from... Uh... Oh, just, just brilliant. Um, and then actually having looked at the shirt and I, I went online and looked at the... This goes back then. I looked at the ladies' shirts, but I meant <laughs> I looked at all of the shirts. Um, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, so I've I've um, I've already got mine on order, um, yeah. waiting for it to come. So yeah, I thought it was a. I'd like to have seen uh, the lad Wilson from um, King. What's his face? Yeah, <laughs> from Forest Green Vapors wearing it. But uh, yeah, they, they do a good job on media team. I know I'm biased because they're my work colleagues, but they do a good job. I was chatting to one of them the other day about the. Um, Smith reveal with the Iron Brew because I thought it was really good. Yeah, really So they good. get down the stadium to do the reveal, to do the filming, um, go up to the canteens to try and find a fridge and they couldn't find one. So one of the boys had to go home, empty his fridge, unplug <laughs> it and bring his fridge down to the stadium. Stick it on the roof. Because all the fridges, all the fridges they had at Ashton Gate were see-through. They must have so, taken the back off as well because I'm sure in some of the, the footage showing how it was done, they were sort of saying, you know, almost I'll hand it through to you. So yeah, I wonder whether they took the glory, back off. <laughs> it's not all glory. They had to hump the fridge from their house to the car, from the car up all those steps to the roof. Crikey, I know what it's like. I, I'm taking up those banners, Patch. So imagine taking the fridge up there. But, um, um, just one final thing, Patch. Sorry. Um, one, one final this thing. This is for one final thing. Just one more <laughs> thing, ma'am. Um, this is for, for our uh, over-18 listeners and, and isn't Gosh. suitable for all listeners, but the uh, the Under the Cosh podcast with Bradley oh, yes. Orr, if you've not listened to it, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, Bradley talks about, obviously, his time at, at Bristol City, um, obviously what he went through when he, he ended up um, going to prison whilst at the club, mm. but how the club stood by him. But it's not, it's not, even as a City fan, listening to him talk about that experience, um, and there's a really funny story, which I won't spoil, but then he goes on to talk about his time at Blackburn Rovers, which I didn't even realise, I couldn't recall that Bradley had played for Blackburn Rovers, but he was there at the time that Steve King was the manager, and they got relegated, and he talks about all the abuse that Steve King got, um, and just a real eye-opener about some of the stuff that went on with directors of football, players who refused to play, he actually played with a 35% tear in his Achilles because another player refused to play left back and would only play centre half. Um, and it was just yes, a real eye opener. Um, right. Real eye opener. Talks about his his agency and stuff. So yeah, definitely one to listen to. Under the cosh, Bradley Orr. Okay, fantastic. Well, we've got um, we've got uh, another uh, memories gate, uh, podcast coming up very soon um so we're gonna have a few more of these during the close season and also uh, i'm gonna catching up with paul cheesley and tom ritchie uh on friday 
So we're going to be doing a Robins Reunited with Paul and Tom. So that one will be out in the near future as well. So listen out for that. Look us up on Twitter if you haven't done so already at 3PIAPC. And we'll be back soon. Jerry, thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, boys. Um, thanks, Jared. Nice to speak to you, mate. We'll speak again soon. Thanks, Patch. Yeah, Just I'll sort of quit my name before then. Yeah, All right. See you, guys. Cheers, Cheers mate. Boys. Bye. Bye. On Bristol City, on Bristol City, on Bristol City, way up the lead. You nearly blew it, we know you've been through it, but you can do it, give us the gold.